Every day we make thousands of decisions. Do I get out of bed or do I stay another five minutes? Coffee or tea? What do I wear? Do I want to look good or do I want to be comfortable? This person knows I read their text, but I don't feel like answering right now. But I also don't want to seem rude. What's the right thing to do? Most of our decisions are trivial. We barely even notice we're making them. But some of our decisions are existential. What career do I pick? Do I get out of a relationship I'm unhappy in, or do I stay and try and make it work? Do I take this big risk, or do I play it safe? Every decision, every action, is simply our provisional answer to these types of questions. Everything we do, great or small, is our way of answering a question. And sometimes, when the rug is pulled out from under our feet, those times of intense pain and grief and trauma all we're left with are the questions themselves. How do I deal with loss? Why did I get sick? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why me? All of these questions can be reduced to 10. The 10 questions of human existence. How we answer these questions shapes our world. Leading an examined life means exploring these questions and leveraging the best answers into a framework for meaningful action. Action that can affect real impacts in our lives and our relationships, but also in our organizations, our communities, and ultimately, the world. human welcome to wise hypocrites guide to everything a podcast about the 10 questions of human existence i'm patrick daniel a banking lawyer who quit his career to study philosophy and as a result unwisely believes himself wise right let's do it this podcast is a successor to a project known as the great everything if you've never listened to the great everything you are absolutely in the right place And if you've been following me for a while, thank you. It's great to have you back. Now, this is going to be a bit of an atypical episode in the sense that its aim is to set out the idea behind this whole enterprise and also the methodology. Yes, there's a methodology. It's a bit like a TV show's pilot. It's the one that has to do all of the groundwork and lay out the basic premises and all that. And a pilot episode isn't really just the first episode of the series. It's also a pitch in a way. It's trying to say, here's why you should stick around for the whole season. So all that said, let's get into it. Here's the idea. There are 10 questions that define human existence and that have shaped the lives of every single person who has ever lived and that will ever live, including yours. These questions are everywhere. They inspire philosophers, religious figures, and scientists. They drive the agendas of politicians, business leaders, tech companies. We find them in the great works of authors and artists and musicians, and in the lived experience of each and every one of us. So whenever you're doing anything, whether it's reading a science paper, or a graphic novel, or watching a movie, or listening to Shostakovich, or the Wu-Tang Clan, anything, What you're really doing is engaging with someone's answers to one of these questions. 
The next 10 episodes are going to be about fleshing out what these questions are and uh, setting out some of the implications, both practical and philosophical, and the assumptions that come baked into these questions. But this episode is about why you should care. And I can think of three reasons. The first reason is this. You should care because consciously engaging with these questions helps us make better sense of ourselves and our place in the world. And that is inherently valuable. It's good in itself. You know, curiosity and knowledge and understanding, these are wonderful things. You want to know what my favorite quote is? I think you want to know what my favorite quote is. My favorite quote is from Dante Alighieri, the divine comedy, Inferno. And in the Inferno, he meets Ulysses, Odysseus, you know, the Trojan horse guy. Ulysses died because he dared to venture beyond the limits set by the gods. He sailed beyond the pillars of Hercules, what today we call the Strait of Gibraltar. And he explains to Dante why he did it, why he pushed himself so far. And in doing so, he also gives us what his personal take is on the purpose of humankind. He says, Fatti non foste a viver come bruti, ma per seguir virtute canoscenza. You are not made to live as beasts but to pursue virtue and knowledge. Virtue and knowledge, wow, isn't that an amazing, inspiring ideal to strive towards? But you know, there is a more practical reason for why you should stick around, even if you don't care about Dante or Greek heroes or philosophy or culture or art or any of that. And it's this, how you answer these questions actually makes a massive difference to how you live your life and to the impact that you can have on others and the world more generally. Let's unpack that. Conscious engagement with these questions is how we generate our own answers. And why do we want our own answers? We want our own answers so that our output, and by output I mean our goals and the actions that we take to reach those goals, is driven by ideas and values that are determined by us. What do you mean determined by us? Who else would they be determined by? That is a brilliant question. I'm glad you asked. There's a concept in developmental psychology, but it also pops up in philosophy. Self-authorship. It's used in different ways, and those ways don't always match, but here's how I like to frame it. Think of your life as a story. You are the author of that story. And that means that you should be responsible for the main character's choices and their actions and so on. You should be deciding how the plot moves forward. Now, of course, the world is complex and unpredictable and you're not the only character in your story. So there's always going to be things outside your control. You're always going to be influenced by events and circumstances that you can't do anything about. But it's a little bit like poker. You can't decide what cards you're dealt, but you can decide how to play your hand. At least that's the theory, because when you actually stop to think about it, very little of what we do is actually determined by our own conscious choice. Most of the software that governs our decisions is running in the background. We're under the influence of all sorts of psychological mechanisms, cognitive distortions, unconscious biases that drive us, without us even being aware of it. Sometimes, of course, we become aware Often with hindsight, you know, if you've ever asked yourself in disgust, oh God, why did I do that? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Our deepest motivations and impulses are not transparent to us. And that's not the only thing. There's also external influences. Think of all the social pressures we're exposed to. Things like what our families and friends expect of us, you know, like what career they want us to pick or who they want us to hang out with or who they want us to marry. You know, these kind of things. Or our culture 
Culture exerts pressure on us as well. It tells us what success should look like. This career is prestigious. This romantic partner will give you higher status. This brand, this product, this moral value will impress other people. All these things, they get in our head and they confuse us until it's really hard to tell the difference between what we want and what we're told we should want. And there's so many other factors at play. The big one, of course, being social media, right? The way your social media feed prioritizes addictive content that will just keep you there on that platform, click, click, clicking just a little longer instead of logging off to go and, I don't know, write that novel you've been annoying all your friends about. This isn't an exhaustive list or anything. They're just a few of the ways in which instead of us being driven by our intentional choices, it's our choices that are nudged in different directions and sometimes even manipulated by forces we don't always understand. I mentioned self-authorship earlier, but how can you be the author of your own story if you're not the one holding the pen? This reminds me of something the psychiatrist Carl Jung once wrote, that unless you make your unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. I take this to mean that to Jung, what I'm calling self-authorship means bringing to consciousness the hidden factors that drive our choices so that we aren't just blindly driven around by them. But what does that mean for those of us who aren't legendary psychologists or master meditators who can just take a casual dive into the deepest recesses of the mind? Well, one thing we can all examine on our own, without any special expertise or technical knowledge, and armed only with a little curiosity, is our own beliefs. So in this sense, making our unconscious conscious simply means paying close attention to our beliefs, how they're formed, and crucially, how they shape our actions. And to bring it back to the main thread, what is a belief, if not some answer, to a question? Whether we know it or not, every single thing we do, every decision, every thought, every idea, every action, every interaction, everything, is our way of answering one of life's great questions. Questions like, what should I do? What matters to me? How can I make life less hard? How can I change? Our beliefs and assumptions about these questions are embedded within us. They're like our lens. They frame how we see the world, what we value, and even what we think is possible. And crucially, they play out in our actions. Because every action has an effect, how you answer these questions shapes that little slice of world around you. Now, as I mentioned, in the next 10 episodes, we're going to flesh out each of these 10 questions and talk about their implications and the weird places that they can take you when you start considering them seriously. But now, let's talk about the third reason you should engage with the 10 questions of human existence, even if you kind of really don't want to. The greatest definition of philosophy I've ever heard, or at least my favorite, is by Wilfred Sellers who said that the aim of philosophy is, quote, to understand how things, in the broadest possible sense of the term, hang together in the broadest possible sense of the term. There's something wonderful about that. Now, I want to close on this concept because it's kind of behind the why I'm doing this whole thing in the first place. One thing I think is missing in these highly polarized times, is a real sense that we're all, and I mean all of us, regardless of who we are and what we believe or who we vote for, etc., that we are all a part of something. 
I think it's fair to say that we're currently experiencing something like an existential crisis in our societies, or maybe as a species. And this crisis of meaninglessness, I think it's something we've all felt, you know, in different ways, of course, and to different degrees. But I feel you all know what I'm talking about. This feeling that we don't really know who we are collectively, or perhaps that the world around us isn't really embodying our ideals. There's confusion everywhere. You know, things don't make sense. You have all this contradicting information coming in from all angles, and you don't know what's true, what isn't. People denying basic facts on the news, no less. Whole groups of people constructing false realities where it doesn't even matter what evidence you show them, they just shut it down. And on top of this, there's a tension in the air. It feels like we're all getting angrier. We're all shouting and picking sides and pointing fingers, blaming everyone else. You know, it's their fault that the world is going so badly. And I'm not even talking about politics necessarily. It's everywhere. You know, it's in traffic. It's uh, when you're online at the bank or in the supermarket, you see these faces. Everyone's angry. It's not just anger. It's a generalized anxiety, like we're all just waiting for bad news, like we know something bad is going to happen and it's inevitable. It's as if the world itself is going through the five stages of grief all at once, except that last acceptance part. A big part of all this, perhaps the biggest part, is that we as humans don't really have an inspiring story that connects us all. As humans, we rely on stories to help us make sense of the world. Personal stories about why we are the way we are, political stories about progress, cultural stories about our values and social norms, religious stories about redemption and salvation and so on. But the thing is that sometimes we forget that even though these stories are useful sense-making tools, they're still just stories. And so we treat them as real. We make decisions based on these stories. We construct identities based on these stories. We build whole societies based on these stories. And today, many of these stories, these traditional narratives, these values that used to ground us are breaking down. Maybe they don't inspire us anymore. They don't resonate with us like they used to. Or in some cases, they've been revealed as just fraudulent. These stories that used to give us hope now ring false. And when you've relied so much on these stories and they start to crumble, all the things that we've built on these stories, our identities, our certainties, our hopes about the future, also start to collapse. And in their place, all we're left with is uncertainty. Uncertainty about the future, uncertainty about what's right, uncertainty about what's true. It's like having the ground disappear from under our feet. And that's terrifying. No wonder so many of us react by shutting our eyes or covering our ears, pretending nothing has changed, refusing to acknowledge any information that tells us otherwise. We call it fake news. Because in times of uncertainty, it's not facts that we're looking for, but certainty. The problem is, if what you're looking for is certainty, you're going to find it. Because there's a whole lot of certainty being peddled out there, any flavor you like. And those who loudly proclaim that they have the answers, that their story is the right one, those who display the kind of moral certainty that we're looking for, they're usually on the extremes. Because extremism breeds moral certainty. Every authoritarian or fringe group or cult offers you certainty. Don't worry, things don't have to be so confusing. Here, read this book, take this supplement, subscribe to this podcast. Don't think too hard. The only thing that matters is that you're right and everyone else is wrong. 
It really is that simple. When the only people who seem to have answers are on the extremes, that's who we end up taking our cues from. And, well, that's dangerous. Because history shows us that when we start looking to extremes for answers, it becomes real hard for us to find common ground. We're just too far apart. And we're seeing the effects of this kind of polarization all around us. So, what do we do about it? Well, how about, instead of looking for answers elsewhere, we develop our own answers, our own frameworks for meaning. How about we start writing our own stories? And how about, instead of writing stories that only apply to this or that tribe, we started writing stories that appeal to our common humanity. The answers we find to the 10 questions of human existence are the building blocks of such stories. So here's the plan. In the coming months and years, we're going to explore these questions. In philosophy, of course, and science, and religion, and history, but also in culture, in art, and music, and food, and in every lived experience that can reveal something interesting about what it means to be human. And I'm going to catalogue all the different questions and the most plausible answers so that you can go back and check. What did Plato have to say about love? What about Hindu philosophy? Or poets like Catullus or Shakespeare? What about Freud? And how about romantic comedies? Or Verdi's operas? Or pop music? It'll all be there. And sometimes, we'll come across answers, ideas, that keep popping up, keep recurring in different ages, different cultures, time and time again. And we'll take these answers and ask why? Why this? Why did we all converge on this idea? Could it be that we're in the presence of something universal? These ideas, we're going to give them special attention and we'll test them over and over until we conclude that maybe we found that rarest of things, something we can all agree on. And that's precious. Because if we can converge on some fact, some value, some ideal, then we know that all of our different stories at least share common foundations. And that means common ground, where despite our disagreements, we can meet, to engage in dialogue, to work together, and just maybe to come up with a new story for making sense of who we are and how we all fit into the great everything that surrounds us. Hey humans, thank you for sticking with me until the end of this episode. I know it must have been tough. Anyway, the gods of the internet have ordained that one must always end these things with a little bit of self-promotion. So, much to my distaste, I'm going to try and do it because, well, you know, you just gotta do what you gotta do. So, here we go. If you like what I'm doing here, you can always help out, and most of the ways you can do that don't involve you sending me wads of cash in an envelope, which of course I'm always grateful to receive. But if you don't want to send me envelopes with or without cash in them, you can really, really help in other ways. The main way is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcast and that allows you to leave podcast reviews. Now, here's the thing. The review doesn't even have to be a good review. There's something about algorithms. I don't know how it works. But the point is, you can actually write, Patrick is an idiot, the podcast is shit, and that still works in my favor. So, well, hey, it's a miracle. Try it. Otherwise, you can share the podcast on your social media. You can talk about it. You can spread the word and help build the community. Because community is a very important thing here. 
What I need most to help further my project is to hear from you. I want to hear your lived experiences. The whole point is to show how these big questions really matter to our everyday lives, not just if you want to appreciate Shakespeare or the Aeneid or Mozart or some philosopher. What matters most is how you relate to these questions and how they pop up in your lives. So if you have any thoughts and questions about any of this, send me an email at patrick at wisehypocrite.com or you can leave a voicemail on Anchor, anchor.fm slash wisehypocrite. And if you have a question or a voicemail there that I really like, I'm going to stick it in the podcast. Well, hey, you're going to be famous. <laughs> Not really, but still, you know, I will stick it on the podcast, probably. And here's a new thing. Recently, I've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is an amazing app to have live audio conversations with people. And there I have a club called Existential, where I talk about exactly the kinds of questions that we discuss on this podcast. So if you're on Clubhouse, add me at Wise Hypocrite. Or if you're not on Clubhouse and need an invite, reach out to me some way and I will send you one. Otherwise, you can find me on all the social media at Wise Hypocrite. All of it, except for Twitter. I mean, I'm technically on Twitter, but I hate it because it drives people crazy, so I'm never really on it. Finally, last but not least, if you want to help me out in a more material way, which I am immensely grateful for, of course, you know, I do all of this by myself and for free, uh, you can sign up to my Patreon. Wise Hypocrite, of course, and you can get access to all the bonus content, which for now is mainly Clubhouse conversations that I record, my interviews with authors and philosophers and scientists there, but also just extra stuff and previews and promotions, and of course, my undying gratitude. You know, every little helps. As I say, this is completely free, but with a bit of extra income, I'm going to be able to hire a team to help with frequency so I can do more episodes and not be as slow as I am currently. I'm going to be able to get equipment so that the sound gets better. It's just going to be a better product. Eventually, I'm going to get to it out of my own pocket, so don't worry. But of course, if you want to ship in, I would really love it if you did. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to all of this nonsense, and uh, I will catch you again very soon. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.